Thanks so much for listening today. We hope that through this message, you are being filled with the grace and hope found in the person of Jesus Christ. If this message and ministry has made an impact on you in any way, be sure to let us know about it by emailing us at mystory@thefuelchurch.com. And even if you couldn't be here in person, be sure to check in with us on Instagram and Facebook to let us and others know that you are listening and growing with us here at Fuel Church. Every month through these check-ins, we are making a global difference. Now, let's jump into this week's message. I want us to go to our theme scripture for a series. It's found in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 12. Let's read it. It says, you will build again the old places that the enemy destroyed. How many of you know that the enemy's always about destroying? He's always about destroying. And you will build again the old houses again. People will call you the person who mends broken walls and the person who builds again streets with houses. Today, Fuel Church, just for a few minutes, I want to talk to you about a message I've entitled, The Extreme Makeover. The Extreme Makeover. I, I don't know about you, but I love makeover show, shows. I mean, back in the day when they first came out and Ty Pennington's like, move that bus! You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, like 30, 100 years ago. Um, and uh, I love to see the reaction, and I love to see people's lives transformed from a makeover. I mean, it's so exciting. Now they got a makeover show for about everything. Like, they want to make over your toes. I mean, come on, somebody. Like, Foo-Foo the dog, they're trying to make him over, and your cat. And uh, I love it, though. There's all kinds of, there's, uh, there's makeovers on cars. Like, I love seeing them restore an old car and, and bring it back to life. Uh, what else? There's people makeovers, right? Amen. Come on now. I love seeing people makeovers. Uh, there's motorcycle. How many motorcycle folks I have in here? Come on, how many have a bike? Wear your helmet. Your pastor said so. Stop playing, trying to act cool. I ain't trying to do your funeral. Come on, somebody. Wear your helmet in the name of Jesus. Anyway, that was free. Um, and, and you see all these different, different types of makeovers. I mean, there, there's, there's uh, shows that they make over businesses like that are struggling. Anybody ever seen The Prophet? Oh, yeah, yeah, two people. Great. Praise God. Um, I love that show because this guy comes in, he just destroys the people. Like, you're garbage. Like, the food you're serving sucks. Like, oh my God. Thanks for the encouragement. And uh, he walks with them and helps them reorganize, but he's very, very stern with them because he, he's trying to make a profit out of that business. That's why it's called the profit. Anyway, um, and, and I love to see how they transform at the end. They're hugging the guy, kissing him. They don't even know the guy, They're kissing him and crying with him because their business has turned around. And I love a good makeover story. And uh, one thing I've found after watching these shows for many years is they all have one thing in common. They really, if you want to boil it down, they all have one thing in common. That's this. Someone was moved with compassion to make a difference in someone else's life. Right? Someone heard about a family who was struggling financially. Maybe they had medical bills piling up. Maybe they couldn't afford to pay it. Their house is all ran down. They're not, they're, they're not making their house payment. I mean, the list goes on and on and on why an individual needs a makeover, why a business needs a makeover. It's because someone seen a need and was moved with compassion. Somebody say compassion. 
Compassion, compassion. And uh, three common traits that we see with this individual, this someone who decides to do something good for someone else, decides to uh, give someone favor, even people who may not even deserve it. Oh, come on now. I want to preach right there, but I got to keep moving. They clocking me today. They clocking me. Y'all clocking me. I see you. See that clock. There's someone who is moved with compassion. They have these three common traits. Traits. Number one, they see the possibilities that you couldn't see, right? They see what it could be, right? Number two, they do what you couldn't do, right? And number three, they pay for what you could not afford. They pay for what you could not afford. And you know that this is exactly what God did for us. Huh? You, do you know that God gave us an extreme makeover? Oh, oh, I know you all sanctified, holy, filled with the Holy Ghost right now. And you, you acting like everything all good. Like I've been saved for 30, 40 years. I don't know about these people struggling. No, you were a mess. You were broken. You were jacked up. Let's just be real up in here. Come on now. Do y'all, do y'all want fake church or real church? Because we keep it 100 here, right? Let's be real. And so if we're not careful, we can get this kind of religious, pious attitude when other people struggle and we hear about their addictions and we hear, but we addicted too, just in different ways. It may not be a substance. It may be something else. We're addicted to gossip. We're addicted to jealousy. We're addicted to keeping up with the Jones. We're addicted to comparisons, right? And so, so don't forget where God has brought you from. The Bible says that he brought me, David declares that he brought me out of the miry clay and he put my feet on a rock to stay. I don't ever want my story to be common. I don't ever want my story to just be something that I'm ashamed of, something that I don't give attention to because I want people to know that it was God who gave me an extreme makeover. It was God who found me in the gutter of my brokenness and began to take one piece after another to put me back together again. You better hit your neighbor and say, you looking like a masterpiece. You coming together real good. You coming together. Say it by faith. Some of you are like, I got to say this by faith. I know. (laughs) Some of you are like, I live with them. I sleep in the same bed. What are you talking about, masterpiece? They jacked up. (laughs) Faith is we call those things that be not as though they were. (laughs) Holla at you, boy. Anyway, some of you got that. Anyway, so, 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 so. I've already preached this like four times, so I'm letting loose today. So, so God gives us this extreme makeover. What does he do? This God sees the possibilities you and I couldn't see. Did you hear me? This God does what you and I couldn't do. And this God pays the price that you and I couldn't afford to pay. Oh, I'm so thankful that it, when he found me all messed up, sinner, in my sin, wallowing in my sin, that he didn't say, ah, forget about him. I'm so thankful that he's seen something in me that I didn't see. He's seen value. They say, they say value is defined as what a, what a person is willing to pay for an object. If that is true, then God said, I'm going to bankrupt heaven and give my only son to pay the debt that you owed and you owed and you owed and you owed and you owed. 
That's how valuable you are to God. That he said, I'm willing to make the investment. I'm willing to make the investment and give you an extreme makeover. (laughs) I love what the scripture says about this makeover. 2 Corinthians 5.17, check it. It says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a what? New person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. Oh, that'll preach right there. I'm getting happy right now. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. My friends, this is what Jesus came to do. This is what Jesus came to do, except for one major difference. His extreme makeover is not just a cosmetic outside job. It's a life-changing inside job. Hmm? It's a life-changing inside job. Because the Bible, the Bible is primarily a story of God's extreme makeover. Like when we flip through the scriptures, we've seen God make over one person after another, one family after another. We see in the scriptures how God can take us and all our struggles and make a beautiful masterpiece to be displayed for all to see. You see, this God is not scared or intimidated by our struggles or the messes that we make. Actually, we find him talking often in the scriptures, in the Bible, about our struggles and how he wants to take them to tell his story through them. But the question that comes to our mind always is this. Do you seriously think God could use me with all the mess that I've made, all the struggles that I have, all the rejection of God? Well, I want you to know that you're in perfect company with the characters we find in the Bible. I love it that God didn't put all nice prepackaged people that had their life together in the Bible. I love it that he put misfits. I love it that he put unqualified people. I love it that he put broken people. I love it that he put common people just like me that have struggles in my life. And he wrote their story for us to read over 2,000 years later to say, hey, you can find yourself in this book. It's not some unattainable book that you got to live by, you can find your story in there. I mean, if God could use Noah, who was a drunk, he could use you. If God could use Jeremiah, who, who was just a teenager and they mocked and laughed at him, God can use you, young person. If God can use Elijah, who was a prophet of those days, a declarer of the word of God, but found himself at a very low place where he sat against the juniper tree, the Bible says, and he began to pin his suicide note. If God can use him, God can use you. If God could use Abraham when he was 120 years old to give birth to the son that that he had prayed for, that God said he would have, God can use you. If God can use Joseph who was abused, God can use you. If God can use Moses who had a stuttering problem, God can use you. If God can use Rahab, who was a harlot, a prostitute, work in the corner, hey, God can use you. I'm preaching up in here. 
If God can use Jonah who ran from God, he can use you. God can use Naomi who was a widow. He can use you, widow woman. I'm preaching. God can use Job who went bankrupt. He can use you. If God can use Peter who who denied Christ three times, he can use you. If God can use Zacchaeus who was short, he can use you. All the short people, there's hope. There's hope. There you go, babe. There's hope. I love you. My wife's always like, man, I just wish God would make me about a half inch taller. <laughs> I'm like, he made you the way he made you. Come on. If God can use the Samaritan woman who was divorced, I'm, I'm so thankful this book isn't all pretty. I don't know what church you were raised in, but some churches act like this book is all put together and pretty. I'm so thankful it's dysfunctional. I'm so thankful it's full of misfits. I'm so thankful it's full of unqualified people because God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Tweet that. (laughs) Tweet that. (laughs) I'm so thankful that I can become a new person, a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone and the new has come. We find ourselves throughout the pages of this Bible We find the good, the bad, and the ugly of our story. How God can use our pain and our brokenness and our struggles in life to help someone else. And here's what I want you to know today. Here's what I want you to know. Listen, listen. Your struggle tells a story. Your struggle tells a story. Your struggle tells a story. It's really because of your struggle that you're going to become what God intended for you to be. I'm going to say that again because half of you didn't get it. Two people over here got it. It's because of your struggle that you're going to be what God intended for you to be. The struggle is not wasted. I want to read a story of the butterfly. Are you ready? Here's my poetic story. A man was sitting on his porch one summer day, and in the corner of his porch, a caterpillar had made a cocoon. While he sat there and looked at the cocoon, he noticed a butterfly beginning to break through the cocoon. As the man watched the butterfly struggle to exit the cocoon, he said, I know what I will do. I will open the cocoon so that the butterfly can get out so he don't have to struggle. So he opened the cocoon so the butterfly could get out. When he opened the cocoon, the butterfly came out and stayed there on the porch in the same spot. The man tries to pick up the butterfly to help it fly, but the butterfly falls right to the ground. The butterfly would not fly. So the man took the butterfly to the vet (laughs) to see why why the butterfly wouldn't fly. The vet looked at the butterfly and noticed that the butterfly's wings were coated with old molten skin from when it was a caterpillar. The vet looked at the man, and he said, what did you do? The man said, well, I saw the butterfly struggling, trying to get out of the cocoon, so I opened the cocoon so he could get out. The vet said, that was a big mistake. You see, the vet says, when the butterfly struggles to get through the cocoon, its wings cause it to be bigger than the whole It is trying to escape. You see, the struggling you witnessed was actually the process 
of progress. You see, as the butterfly struggles through the cocoon, the cocoon actually scrapes all the dead, old, molten skin off of the wings of the butterfly, which enables the butterfly to fly. Say this with me. My struggle is part of my story. Say this with me. My struggle is making me stronger. And say this with me. My struggle is part of the process of progress. Your struggle tells a story. A story. A story of God changing us. A story of God continuing to walk with us. Allowing us to grow through our struggle so that our struggle can tell a story to someone else. And I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I love, I love a good makeover story. Don't you? I love to see someone's life transformed. I love to see someone's home transformed by the compassion of someone else. I love to hear all the stories that are coming out of this church of lives that have been transformed by the love of Christ. And Fuel Church... Here's one of many that you're going to hear today. Check this out. My name is Michelle, and I was a drug addict for 20 years. My grandparents raised me from um, birth to 11 years old. My mom really didn't want much to do with me. By 11, I was too much for my grandparents to handle. And then again, I felt unwanted and moved to Indiana with my mom um, and stepdad and my three sisters and started using drugs with my parents by 12. Um, Cocaine, meth at 13, 14 years old with my parents. I was trying to fill emptiness inside of me, just a void that I I didn't know how to take care of it. You know, I thought my parents were there to protect me and want me and love me, and they they didn't. My mom left again. Um, When I was 16, she left us, and that was hard, because there she is again, leaving. I just felt like we weren't good enough for her. I moved out of my house, um, dropped out of school, became pregnant. I finally, you know, felt like that void, that hole inside me was filled with the love of my, you know, for my child, and it was great. And then a year later, I had my second child, and it was great at first, and I started feeling depression. So I went to the doctor, and they put me on prescription Xanax, and I started abusing those, and there would be weeks at a time where I had no idea what was going on, Um, all while trying to raise my kids. I had no idea I didn't have an example to go from. Uh, I left my kids. So there I was doing to my kids 
what my mom did to me. Like, why am I doing this? I, I was addicted. I was pregnant still and um, still using Xanax and I went for a doctor's checkup. Um, I went in to have the heartbeat checked and everything and they were like, um, something's wrong. And she rushed me in for an emergency C-section. Um, baby was born uh, addicted. He um, was having seizures. He was lifeline to um, Methodist Hospital. Yeah, um, he spent a month in the ICU. Um, and while he was there, I only saw him a couple of times because I was still using, like I couldn't stop. I knew what I wanted to do, but I was doing the things I hated to do, just like Paul and I'm, just doing exactly what my mom did. Why? A month later, I lost all my kids. Um, so here I was, addicted again, <laughs> homeless, kidless, broken. That void was still empty. I was, I didn't know what to do, so I kept using. I um, turned myself into rehab and I uh, spent a few weeks there. Immediately after that, I went to open arms again and um, about a week after I went to open arms I called and accepted my invitation for the great banquet and that was the weekend that I made a decision to accept Jesus Christ and <laughs> it was the best decision I've ever made. About a week after that, I came to Fuel Church. Someone told me, you know, you should try it. You'll love it. There's people there like you, you know? I'm like, okay. So I was like, I need to go church shopping because what I was planning on doing. And um, the minute I stepped in the door, I was like, wow, this is different. This is like, I feel like I'm home already, you know? And everyone was awesome. They, I didn't feel judged. Finally, I felt like that void, that was not for drugs, that wasn't for my kids, that wasn't for men, that whole, that spot's for God, for Jesus. He was my missing piece.
July 7th, I will be clean two years. Um, my life right now is better than I ever could imagine. Hey, Fuel Church, uh, we just heard Michelle's powerful story. Man, what an awesome testimony of God's mercy and grace and love, how God can redeem us, how He can purchase us and buy us back. And uh, just an exciting uh, story to hear for us. Now, we're getting ready to bring her out and surprise her for Mother's Day. She has no clue. Uh, I can't wait to see her reaction. It's going to be great. <laughs> Wow, what an awesome story, Michelle. I mean, to see how far God has brought you in such a short time, uh, God's grace and mercy is so amazing. And to hear um, you share how God has redeemed and restored your life, uh, man, is nothing short of a miracle. And, uh, you know, we got something else uh, that we want to share with you, Tara. Yeah, I just think it's awesome that we've been able to walk in part of your journey with you and see just God transform you from the inside, you know, and just see how much he's changed you. And now you're engaged to be married and God's restoring relationships with your children and your family. And I know he's just kind of given you a new joy and a new purpose. And so since we've been able to see that inside transformation makeover, we as your Fuel Church family for Mother's Day, we want to do a makeover on the outward for you for you to be able to feel beautified in the new creation that God's created you to be. So what that means is we're going to give you a whole new outfit. We're going to have someone do your hair for you. Really? We're going to have someone do your makeup for you. Someone's going to do your nails and we're going to have you go to the dentist and beautify that amazing smile so that when you tell your story, people can see the love of God because we love you. We're so proud of you. <laughs> Jesus can fill that missing piece if you just make, if you just have the smallest bit of faith to believe that He died on the cross for our sins, that He is our Lord and Savior, that little bit of hope right there can start growing into something bigger and will start transforming you from the inside out. I'm living proof of it and I didn't deserve it but God chose me he chose to work through me and just stick with it just day by day step by step surrendering everything your will your emotions your mind to God as soon as you wake up that's, that's how I've done it <laughs> what I've done ladies and gentlemen put your hands together for Michelle come on Wasn't that awesome? How God can restore, how God can give us, you may be seated, an extreme makeover. I love this story because this represents one of many within our church. There are so many stories that God is taking our struggles and he's turning our story into something that would glorify his name, that would point others to the person who gives us hope, the person who gives us life, the person whose grace encounters our struggle and changes everything. And that person is Jesus Christ. 
I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for this. You know, um, we filmed this about a month and a half ago, and uh, myself and Tara and our staff had an idea uh, for Mother's Day, and it, it really morphed into this awesome video that you've seen. But um, uh, when we filmed it, uh, Michelle had shared with us that she said, you don't know what this means, uh, especially for my smile and, you know, because of my past drug use. Uh, most of us know this, but methamphetamine, one of the things it does is it destroys our teeth. And uh, because of years of that, her, her, her smile and her teeth had been destroyed. And, and so she said, listen, I had just told Neil, who is her fiance, nice looking man right here with the beard over here. We love you, Neil. Um, I just told Neil that, you know, we're getting married in the fall and man, I really just would, I would like this to get fixed before we get married, but it's, it's so expensive that I don't know. I don't think we could do it. And then God showed up in a miraculous way. Um, we knew it would cost a lot of money to fix her, her teeth, but we didn't know it would be that much. And, um, we were willing to contribute, uh, some of that, but when we heard it was $13,000, and then the next thing that I was told is Dr. Roberts wants to donate all of the dental work, my mind was blown. My mind was blown. Um, Dr. Roberts, I'm not sure if you're here. I know you said you were going to be here. I'm not calling you out. You asked me not to, but I want to thank you, sir. I want to thank you for your generosity. I want to thank you for your kindness. I want to thank his staff. A lot of the staff has been coming through today and sitting in on the services because they were a part of this story, and I, we can't thank you enough. Someone who doesn't even attend our church, he's a believer, but he doesn't attend this church, he attends another church, and I just think about all the office people there that heard your story, that were impacted by this, and who knows how many seeds were planted of people that are going to come to Christ. This is a powerful extreme makeover that God has done in this young lady's life. And now she's going to get united with the love of her life here in a few months. Come on. I know you're happy, Neil. Look at you smiling over there. He's like, I don't know if I can wait that long looking nice in that dress. I caught you. I caught you peeking all day. We're so happy for them and uh, all that God has done. Come on, give her one more hand clap. Come on. Would you, would you bow your heads with me all over the auditorium? I want to pray with some people today. Maybe you could relate to Michelle's story. Maybe you couldn't. But the reality is every one of us have a story, a story that God wants to take. He's not scared. He's not intimidated by your story, by your past, a story he wants to take and redeem it, a story that he wants to take to be a part of his big story of telling others about the hope, the grace and the love that he has for them. And before we leave today, I want to pray with some people, maybe you're ready to start that journey of following Christ. Every single week at every service, people are coming to know God. You see, God knows you. He knows the good, the bad, the ugly. He knows the sins you committed this week. 
He knows it all and he still loves you. But now God wants you to know him. Not of him, not of his book, not of his church. All that's great, but he wants you to know him personally, personally. And here in just a moment, we're gonna say this prayer with you today. And some of you are going to make Jesus the Lord of your life for the very first time. Maybe this is new to you. Maybe you just came for Mother's Day. Maybe someone's been inviting you for months and months and you finally said, yes, God knows your story. God knows your struggle and he loves you right where you're at. The next step for you is to say yes to Jesus. Yes to this relationship that he wants to have with you and it starts the journey for you. So while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, we're not here to embarrass you. We're not here to call you up, make you stand up or come up front or anything like that. But before we pray, before we pray, if you say, Jacob, that's me. I, I, I need to give my life to Christ. Hands already going up. I see you. I need to surrender. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I need a fresh start. I've fallen away. I used to follow God. Hands up everywhere in every section already up. Shoot that hand up so I could see it. Shoot that hand up just real quick, and then you could put it down. Shoot it up. Shoot it up. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Awesome. From the front to the middle to the back, every section, hands up. Shoot that up. I see you guys all in the back. Yep, I see you guys. Thank you. Thank you. I see you right here. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Come on, church. Let's say this prayer together. Say, Jesus. I give you my life, I give you my heart, come live in me, and I will live for you. Take my struggle and tell your story, how you redeem, how you give me hope, how you've given me grace today by forgiving me of all my sins, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, Fuel Church, let's put our hands together. Once again, thanks for joining us for this week's message. If you would like to know more about us, be sure to visit us at thefuelchurch.com. It's also here where if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can click on the online giving tab. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And we hope and pray you have a blessed week.